in order to do anything in life, anything, we have to be a beginner first. We have to be new to it, uncomfortable with it, ungraceful and clumsy in it, and we have to fail at it as we learn to succeed. And those failures don't mean that we're a failure and that we're not capable of doing what it is that we want. They just mean that we're learning. Hey friends, welcome back to the Make It Inevitable podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Zamora, and today I want to talk about being willing to be a beginner again and how to grow through the frustration that inevitably comes with that. If you're working to make something seemingly impossible happen, chances are pretty dang high that you've never experienced this before. Otherwise, you would know it was possible. If it's something that you've experienced before, but it just feels really far out of reach, that's very different than I've never experienced this. This has never been my reality, my circumstance. This isn't something that anyone I even know has accomplished, but I'm called, I'm driven to do this, to create this, to be this. So at some point in the journey to making that happen, and even making it happen and experiencing it for the first time, you're going to have to be some type of beginner, period. That is just part of making something impossible happen. As we grow, as we get older, this becomes more and more difficult for us because we are used to being competent, if not highly skilled at certain things. We know how to do things. We know how to achieve a certain level of success, especially if we're still operating from our winning strategy. We have skill, experience years under our belt with certain things. And we're comfortable. We're confident. And those are feelings that as humans, we prefer. We want to be comfortable. We want to feel and be seen as competent. So setting out to make the impossible happen, actually taking action towards that, moving it into reality, being the clearing for it with our way of being with who we're being in the world is going to require that we do new things, different things. And when we're a beginner, it means that we've never done them before. And having never done them before, we probably won't do them well. There are some things that will come intuitively. It will feel natural, especially as we deepen into our fullest expression and we start living in alignment with what it is that we say we want, who we need to be, who we are here to be. When we start embodying the version of self that has what it is that we want, there is a lot of the times an element that feels very organic, very intuitive, very natural, because we are deepening into our truest self, our most aligned self. And there are a lot of things that are already in us that make us equipped and right for the things that we're drawn to create, because it's part of our purpose expression to be and do and have these things. So there is often a surprising element of ease, of organic, of intuitive. And there is a whole lot that will feel clunky. We'll feel clumsy. We will be very aware that we outright suck at certain things. We're bad at them. We're unskilled. We're ungraceful. We have no understanding or experience in them. And again, as humans, this is very uncomfortable for us, especially if our winning strategy 
is built around competence, around being what other people want and need, around always having the answers, around being skilled and experienced. So if you really deeply struggle with being a beginner at things, there can be different things at play. First of all, it could just be human. You're human. You don't want to be a beginner. You don't want to suck. You want to feel comfortable and competent. It could be that you have past traumas, times where when you didn't know how to do something, bad things happened. Either you lost something or someone, you failed, you were ridiculed, you were rejected, you were abandoned, you were abused. And your winning strategy might be centered around competence, skill, having that experience, having that knowledge and that know-how and being somebody that other people look at and go, wow, they really know what it is that they're doing. Winning strategies drive us. Winning strategies allow us to produce results around things that we already know are possible, that we already know are within our skill set and within reach. But they push what it is that we deeply desire, those big, seemingly impossible goals and desires further and further away, the more that we operate from them. So you have to know yourself. You have to have self-awareness. You have to have the ability and willingness to be honest with yourself about, yeah, I feel safer. I feel more able to succeed, to get love and belonging, to have success financially or otherwise, to have security. When I'm doing things that I know how to do, where I'm competent naturally or otherwise, you have to have that self-awareness because that is going to be a hindrance to you when it comes to stepping into a new way of being and working, moving down a new path towards something that you've never done or never had or never experienced before. And possibly even something that the people around you have never done or experienced before. So you can't even lean on the fact that I've seen this happen. There is an expansive example that this is actually possible for people. Maybe I don't feel like it's possible for me. Maybe it feels out of reach because of my current circumstances, but it's been done. There's, there's a certain level of comfort and even competence that's not our own that we can borrow from other people when they've done it. So especially when it's something that you've never seen anyone do, you might have a calling, you might have a vision, you might be pulled in a direction, you might have an idea. I have an idea that people have done similar-ish things to it, but it's never been done the way that I want to do it, the way that I envision it, that I'm called to create it. And so I can only borrow little bits of competence and confidence from little kind of fragmented, expansive examples that other people, other companies have done. But there is a lot that I have no idea if it's possible to do it the way that I envision. I have no idea how that would work. I have personally no skill, competence, ability, experience in doing it. And within every big and seemingly impossible desire, there will be some degree of that, some degree of not having like literally not having the skill or experience or competence and therefore not having any confidence. So you have to know if that's part of your winning strategy. It's not part of mine personally, but I know people who competence is very important to them to feel safe and secure. Certain personality types on the Enneagram as well. Competence is how they stay safe. It's what they want to be seen and known for. It's where they feel their value and worthiness comes from. So you have to know yourself 
And that's true of every conversation that we have, because in order to discern what's relevant here for you, what's helpful and useful for you, and to be self-aware and self-reflective, you have to have a relationship to yourself. You have to understand your unique personality type. And we're going to have a very amazing, brilliant friend and mentor of mine on the show soon, hopefully, to talk more in depth about the Enneagram. We're also working to develop a Enneagram standalone training because of all the personality typing systems, the Enneagram, to me, feels the most supportive and the most accurate because it is the most nuanced in terms of we have a core personality type and a core personality fixation. And that is anchored directly in our core wounding. And our core wounding develops a a specific winning strategy for us, for how we can stay safe, secure, and successful and achieve love and belonging. So it's anchored in all of these concepts that really help us understand ourselves, help us see and untangle our operating system, our worldview that drives everything that it is that we do and understanding the layers of your personality. So we have a core fixation. We have a wing. We lean in one direction towards one of the other personality types that's next to us. We also have overlays from our parents. We also have points we integrate and disintegrate to. So understanding your personality type helps you see where are your core fears and your core wounds? And is it around intellect, logic, competence? Understanding your winning strategy, what drives you, what you believe, like the ways of being, the behaviors, the actions that you take, the feelings that you seek to experience. Are they centered around competence, being skilled, being experienced, being seen as smart, educated, having a track record that you can showcase in order to get that safety, security, success, love, and belonging. You have to be able to see that. Because in order to go after the impossible, first of all, we have to step outside of our winning strategies no matter what, no matter what they are, whether they're centered around competence and skill and knowledge or not. But you also have to know what you're up against and what it will take to untangle and unpack that step outside of it. So how important is it to you to be viewed as competent? skilled, experienced, even expert level at whatever it is that you do, offer, give to other people in the world? How important is that to you? Are you able to admit that it's a driving factor for you? And what's the fear at the bottom of that? Is the fear just human? We all feel more comfortable and confident when we're able to do something, when we're skilled at it which is why we tend to stick to the things that we know and stay on the trajectory that we've been on. Because whether it's leaving a relationship that you've been in for years or a community, completely changing the industry that you work in, the type of work that it is that you do, going back to school, writing a book for the first time, launching a podcast, starting a business, having a family, whatever your big, seemingly impossible goal is, And mine is lifestyle-based. I want to own land. I want to homestead, have an off, mostly off-grid home property, have animals grow food. I don't know how to do any of that. I have kept exactly three cherry tomatoes alive in the span of my 38 years. 
And when I bought a camper in order to start moving towards that vision, towards that goal, to put myself on that trajectory, to step into the way of being of the me who has that land, who has that homestead. I didn't know how to do any of that. I didn't even know what to look for. I didn't know how to take care of it. I didn't know how to fix the electric system, the battery system when an alarm started going off. I didn't know how to paint because camper walls are different. Didn't matter that I had painted walls before in my life. I was a beginner at remodeling, painting, doing things inside of a camper. It's a very different setup than any other kind of home. So whatever your goal is, there is something that you've never done before. Otherwise, it wouldn't feel impossible. Do you know what that is? And can you tap into the fear around that that might be present, the discomfort, the inability to allow yourself to lack confidence because you don't have skill yet to fumble through it, to get things wrong, to mess up, to fail, to fall flat on your face, to mess things up, to get them wrong? Are you willing to do that so that you can learn and grow? In order to do anything in life, anything, we have to be a beginner first. We have to be new to it, uncomfortable with it, ungraceful and clumsy in it. And we have to fail at it as we learn to succeed. And those failures don't mean that we're a failure and that we're not capable of doing what it is that we want. They just mean that we're learning Failure is learning in action. And there are some things, like I said at the beginning, that we will find to be very intuitive and natural and organic for us, where we might be clumsy and we might fumble and we might misstep a little bit, but we don't outright fail at them. That's awesome. That's not everything. Most, most things that we do as human beings that we have had to be a beginner at require failure doing something wrong, not succeeding at it the first time that we try. In failing, we learn more, we gain more. But again, as we get older, as we grow, as we live through traumas and failures and hurt and loss and grief and shame, judgment, rejection, abandonment, we start to fear failure. Because in some cases, we make it mean that we're a failure. When it doesn't, it just means that we failed at something. We literally did not succeed at what we were attempting to do. Not yet, anyways. We make it mean that we're a failure. We feel shame. We feel embarrassed. We feel unlovable. I knew I wasn't good enough. I knew I wasn't smart enough. None of that's true. All of that's a story, and most of it's a core wound story. Rooted in our core wounds are in specific traumas that need healing, that need clearing, so that we can be willing and courageous enough to fail as many times as it takes to move past being a beginner, to start to gain some skill and competence, to find our footing in something and move towards experienced, having it, holding on to it. Failure is a part of that process. Are you terrified to fail? Are you afraid of failure? What do you make it mean about you that it doesn't actually mean? And if you fail once, will you give up? Or will you be willing to get up and go again? And this is a really common example, but I think it's a great one. When babies start learning to walk, what do they do? They take a step and they fall. They fail at walking. But babies don't 
tell a story about themselves or take it as a sign from the universe that they're not supposed to be walking in this lifetime. It's just not for them. It's clearly a sign. They don't make it mean anything. It might hurt. They might cry. It might startle them. They might be frustrated because they want to be walking around like everyone else seems to be doing. What do they do? They get back up and they try again. Maybe they don't for a little while. Maybe they rest. Maybe they watch and they learn a little bit more before they try again. Eventually, most babies who have the ability will get up and walk. It's the same with anything that we learn developmentally. We're a beginner. We likely fail at it the first time, but we don't make it mean anything about us. And usually when we do, that's because other people make it mean something. Other people around us project onto us their beliefs, their fears, their core wound stories, their shame, their hurt, their wounds, their traumas. It doesn't mean anything about you if you failed. Technically, you have failed. You are a failure in this moment at that thing. But are you making that mean something more than just you have yet to succeed at what it is that you're trying to do yet to you still can. It requires being a beginner. It requires fumbling through it and learning from each of those missteps and failures. And it's natural for there to be frustration. Can you welcome the frustration? Can you allow yourself to feel it and let it be here? Separating the feelings and the emotions that come with as frustration from the stories about yourself that you're not cut out for it, that things never work out for you. You're not good enough. You're unlovable. Why do you even bother? Can you separate those stories out and give yourself the opportunity to grow into who you need to be, to have the things that you want, to hold on to them, to be experienced, to be an expert, to be competent and skilled? You have to be able to feel the frustration the anger, the hurt, the fear, whatever it is that that comes with learning and being a beginner. You have to allow it to be here because if frustration is one of those emotions that you're unwilling to feel, it's a no-go zone emotion, you likely won't be able to learn and grow in the ways that you need to, to move past being a beginner and into competence, skill, growing, learning, finding your footing, finding your way of doing whatever it is that you're trying to do. You won't learn. You won't find new insights and information. You won't gain the skills that you need. It starts with feeling your feelings as you're frustrated. That's how we move through frustration. We don't bypass it. We don't avoid it. We feel it. I'm really frustrated. I feel incompetent and uncomfortable. I just want to know how to do this already. I just want all the answers. Certain personality types, certain energetic wiring. We'll also have someone on soon to talk about human design. That's the energetics piece. We all have very unique energetic wiring. Some energetic wiring, some human design profiles. Frustration is a very loud emotion for us. It is a guide for us. And if you are unwilling to feel your frustration, you can't move through it. You can't let it be the guide that it is. So for me, I am one of those profiles that frustration is a guide for me. 
And in moving towards buying a camper and starting this path of living a really aligned life for me, of doing something that felt really impossible for a lot of reasons, I had to navigate a lot of frustration. And frustration can be a stopper for me, but I'm aware of that. So you have to understand your subconscious stoppers. If you're frustrated, does that cause you to stop because you just hate feeling that way? If you feel fear and terror, does that cause you to give up? If there's sadness, if there's anger, if there is a feeling of being unloved or rejected or abandoned, that you might be, that you are being, does that stop you? You have to know what your stoppers are so that you can work with them and move through them as and when they come up. Frustration is a normal, healthy human emotion, just like all of them. We have to feel it. If you feel that wave of frustration when you fail, when you're a beginner, when you're incompetent, when you don't have the skill yet, can you let that wave come up and let it move out? Just feeling it, processing it through, moving it through in a healthy and clean and productive way and getting back into motion. Can you let it be there while you're learning? There are certain things that can be really difficult to learn when you have PTSD. Is there more healing for you to do around your trauma and PTSD or repatterning for your brain and your subconscious so that there can be more ease and leverage as you learn and do new things. There's always tools and resources. There's always support available. If something is really hard for you, you're not broken. You're not incapable. You just need support. You're just blocked. I repeat that often for a reason because it's easy for us to internalize and interpret these things. None of that's true. If you need support to move through something, get that support. That will help you move from a beginner who is frustrated, who is failing, into competence, into skill, into more comfort, more ease. Doesn't mean it will be easy, but there can be more ease. Do you need support? So if there's something that you're moving towards that feels impossible, which I imagine that there is if you are listening to this show, these conversations that we have, where are you at with it? What is your relationship to being a beginner? Are you comfortable with the discomfort that comes with being a beginner? Are you willing to feel and navigate through the frustration that comes up? And sometimes we have to stay in motion as we're frustrated. Frustration doesn't mean stop. You might need to stop to process your emotions. You might need to just feel frustrated. Sometimes that frustration, that discomfort, oftentimes is just literally what it feels like as your cells change, as you learn, as you grow, as you form new neural pathways and change others. That's just the discomfort. Think about going to the gym to get stronger and lift weights. When, however you exercise, whenever you push yourself physically, there is discomfort as you do. You are literally stretching and straining yourself. You are literally tearing your muscles so that they can be stronger. Discomfort is inherent to that. And after that, there is a repair period where you're sore. It's literally what it feels like to get stronger, uncomfortable, painful. Can you normalize that part of going after the impossible? There's going to be discomfort. There's going to probably be some degree of frustration. There will likely be one or several failures. I will be incompetent 
incapable. That doesn't mean that I am not able to learn, that I am not aligned with what I'm trying to create. It just means there is a growth period and there is always tension and growth to some degree. It's how we grow. Are you allowing for that frustration to be present? Are you normalizing it or are you telling stories about it? Are you willing to be a beginner? For as long as it takes to build skill and competence, the answer must be yes if you want to make something that seems impossible a reality. And you will find your way through that. A year later almost that I've had my camper, probably a year when this comes out, I feel much more competent, much more competent and skilled, much more comfortable, way less frustrated. And when I don't know how to do something, when I have to be a beginner at something new within this whole experience, I feel more confident that I can figure it out and find my way to confidence. I am more comfortable with failure. I am more comfortable asking for and receiving support. But I had to be a beginner. I had to suck at it. I had to not know anything. I had to make mistakes. I had to ask what seemed to me like maybe dumb questions that experienced people would laugh at. I had to be a beginner. I had to be willing to look and feel stupid, to be and feel uncomfortable, to fail, to make mistakes, to learn slowly, to forget things, to have to learn them again. That's the process. Are you going to allow yourself to do that so that you can have the things that you want or are you blocked somewhere? If you need support, please check the show notes for some options and I will be back with another episode soon. Thank you so much for joining me today and being a part of our incredible community of purpose-driven individuals. If you are ready to put these teachings into practice in your own life, head on over to www.stephaniezamora.com slash podcast, where you'll get access to our collection of actionable and easy to implement workbooks. That includes our renowned methodology for making the impossible inevitable that's helped hundreds of individuals worldwide get into motion on their most important goals. Plus, our comprehensive guide to stopping self-sabotage and navigating the terror barrier with more grace and ease. We'd love your help in getting the message out and growing our community, so please take a moment to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a review on iTunes. I'll catch you in the next episode.